Hi there, and welcome to another episode of After School Program, the podcast where we talk with successful young adults about how they navigate life after school. I'm Zach McHale, and with me as always is my good pal, Connor Hine. Today's guest is Olivia Atwood. Olivia is the founder and CEO of Lives Love Pool, a matchmaking service based out of New York City. Olivia set over a thousand phone call first dates with an 85% success rate. She's paired couples together across the country and even internationally. In this episode, we talk about how Liv's Love Pool started with a post on Olivia's Instagram, what it's like pretending to be a sick patient for hospitals, her dating advice to young adults, and her time working as a birthday clown for the mob. Here she is, Olivia Atwood. All right, Olivia, thanks a ton for coming on the podcast. Uh, We're really happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. So I guess I want to start with, could you tell us a little bit about Liv's Love Pool and how you even came up with that idea? Yes. So (laughs) Liv's Love Pool came to be as largely an accident. Um, It was the beginning of the pandemic. It was like, you know, early March, maybe late March. Everyone was freaking out. Everyone was at home. Everyone was on Instagram drawing pictures of carrots or whatever. Like it was Mm -hmm. just horrible. Bacon bread, like absolutely terrible. And I was on the phone with a friend of mine. And she was saying that she was having a really tough time. Uh, obviously, everyone was, but she had just like broken up with her boyfriend of a really long time. And then her dog died and just she had hooked oh. up with somebody else. And that person had COVID and we weren't even calling it COVID. Oh, we were man, calling that's it coronavirus. three strikes. Yeah. yeah, it was like boom, 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 really bad. And she was like, the thing that I miss the most is being able to like go out and meet people at bars and like, you know, distract myself from like everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, haha, what if? And the TV show Love is Blind was like on at the time or had been on like two months earlier. So people were kind of still talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if I did a fake like Love is Blind where I just like match people through my Instagram network? I don't have a lot of followers. Like, I really don't have that many followers. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was like, what if I like post on my Instagram and like match people up? Haha. And she was like, oh, yeah, that would be hilarious. And I was like, okay. So I posted on my Instagram something really janky, like, you know, let me know if you want to like get your flirt on. If you're like single, ready to mingle, like DM me and I'll match you up with someone I see fit. Ha ha. And I like threw my phone away and like went and had a snack and stared out the window aimlessly or whatever it is that we were doing. And then when I came back to my phone, I had like 90 DMs and I was like, what Hmm. (laughs) and i had no infrastructure for this i had nothing ready for 90 people like i had no plan and so i was just writing people's names on index cards and like moving them around my kitchen table and like trying to sort them into whatever and i was sending all the texts by hand um and at this point i am an idiot and always thought that having texting on my computer would be like really distracting So I was literally sending all the texts like on my phone, like copy and paste, like hunched over my phone, just like matching people up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do get that sentiment. I still don't have mine on there either. I don't have it on the computer either, but that is such a hassle when you're sending out mass texts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Getting it on the computer. I got it on the computer for like my second or third round of matching. And it was like truly game changing to not just be Mm. like, (laughs) um, and yeah, that's how it started. Very humble beginnings. That was in March 2020. And we are still going strong. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, like, how does the whole process work then? So they just, they would DM you and then you would start pairing them up based off the flashcards or what? Yeah. So in the early stages, um, people were just DMing me like some facts about them, like 
I think I had them give me like one or three facts, like one to three facts. Um, and then I was just like using my intuition to like match people up. But that first bout of people, you'll did six couples that are still together to this day Wow! from Dang. that time. So that first bash Skills. was really like, really like popping off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going so well. So I was getting so much incredible feedback that it was really like, fueling it now now the system is like totally different and it's actually about to change again which like hashtag startup life i guess (laughs) (laughs) pivot and pivot and pivot so we're in another like kind of change right now but now i have like a website and you sign up through the website and there's a wait list in the early days i was just trying to give everyone at least one phone call because that was more important to me because everyone was just sitting at home now i'm not everyone deserves a chance at love well yes everyone deserves a chance to love everyone deserves a chance to love now you kind of have to live on my wait list until i have like a good match for you before i was like oh this is like an okay match but i'm more interested in people just having conversations because it's like the pandemic and we're all home and now i'm like yeah i'm not taking you off unless i feel really good about it Mm -hmm. okay and yeah so so what kind of success have you seen with the platform then yeah i mean it's been awesome um i have about a thousand members right now across all of my like various pools that I've run. Um, Mm. I still get new entries every day. I usually say I get somewhere between five to 10 on average. Um, Like yesterday was kind of low. I only got three new entries, but I'm not running ads. Like I'm not doing anything, literally not doing anything right now. (laughs) Um, And there hasn't been an article about it for probably a year at this Mm. point, maybe eight months or something. So there's really nothing. I'm really not doing anything on my end other than just like living my life and making matches and people are still finding the website somehow or another um a a lot of it at this point is somebody will write as their referral like a friend of a friend of a friend and like i can't remember who the first friend was but like Mm -hmm. i heard about it down the down the chain um which is always cool because i'm always like oh my god who was that first friend like who's talking about me like yeah right um but yeah so it's it's still going strong it's still going pretty well right now um like i said we're kind of in a pivot we're rolling out some subscription models and changing things uh, from the way it currently is. Cause right now it's still just me back here making the matches mm-hmm. by hand. And that's just like really taxing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, sure really so more people in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's really hard to keep it on time and remember who talked to who, when, and if they need a new match and so on and so forth. So everything's kind of changing. Yeah. And, but and what do you enjoy about the process? There are a lot of things I enjoy. I think my favorite thing is when I make a match I'm really excited about and then I get really good feedback from the mm-hmm. people and I just feel like so, like I'm like, yeah, like I really thought that one would be good. <laughs> I'm really yeah. pumped about it. Um, so that's that's super fun. Um, I think other things I like are, I've sort of started doing like dating advice and helping people redo their dating profiles. And I really love that too. Like I love talking to people about their love lives and I always have. And so it's really fun to continue doing that and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, not to also talk about the downsides, but also to talk about the downsides. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a bummer if I make a match that I'm excited about and the first date goes really well, but the second date tanks or it's really awesome. And the first thing is obviously blind. It's over the phone. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe that will go really well, but maybe they'll meet up in person and there's just no physical attraction there. And like, that's yeah. always a bummer. Cause you can't really like, I can't really do anything about that. Like mm-hmm. that just kind of sucks. Um, but that's the way it is in real life too, you know? So at least it was a fun dating experience at the end right. of the day, I hope regardless of whether or not it goes 
badly. Um, but you know, there's definitely, there's definitely highs and lows when <laughs> setting yeah. people up. Yeah. And, and it's cool that at least, uh, like for a little while, especially during the pandemic, where I was like, all right, just getting conversations. Cause it's a particularly isolating period of time. I mean, especially for, you know, your friend where it all started, that's a rough time to roll right into, into that exactly. situation. That's a little, that's a long time to sit with your thoughts there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think a lot of people, like a lot of the feedback, whoa, <laughs> a lot of the feedback I get is like, this is my favorite, like, this is my new favorite way to date. Like I absolutely love dating this way. This is so much better than dating apps. So mm-hmm. on and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's been awesome. Um, and so you've set some people up internationally too. I have, I have probably my greatest, maybe not my greatest, one of my greatest, one of the mm-hmm. greatest hits I would say was <laughs> the girl was in, um, Minnesota, I believe. And the boy was in Austria. Mm-hmm. So, they were far apart. And this was still beginning of the pandemic, like March. So I was still open to international. I'm no longer open to international because it's too complicated. Right. Because um, she started for, saying like, the word roof, like rough, and he got really thrown <laughs> off by it. Yeah, he got really thrown off and it just ended the relationship mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, really, really, really tough when that happens. Um, but yeah, I set them up um, over the phone and like sight unseen, they moved in together to France in like September or October wow. or something. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and it wasn't and even like in either in of love. their countries. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, they picked another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. Um, have you heard what's the uh, worst horror story you've heard from a date? Oh man. There've been a couple, nothing like, nothing like so, so bad. Mm-hmm. Let me try to think of, I mean, I think probably the toughest one that I get the most is just like, I just wasn't attracted to them when I met them in person, Mm. Um, which is always hard because a lot of times one person is attracted to the other person and one person Mm -hmm. isn't. And that's just kind of tough because I never, I'll never disclose feedback that I get from people to the other person. And sometimes people will ask me like, well, did they say anything to you? Like, did she get back to you? Did he get back to you? Did they tell you what they thought of me? Mm. And I'm always like, oh, like, I don't know. Uh, how about I just give you another match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Whatever. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Um, but I think yeah. that one, it's not necessarily a horror story, but it's just something tough to handle. Cause like, I obviously have all the information. Like I have right. all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to like tell you that <laughs> necessarily. Um, there was one tough time when I set somebody up and I really try not to do this, but it's hard with the pool getting so big. I like set two girls who know each other up with the same guy. Mm. Uh, that was an oops. I shouldn't have yeah. done that. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I try not right. to like, I, I, I really take stock of who your referral is and I like yeah. cross reference and like see who I set your referral up with. But as it goes further and further out in this particular instance, the referral wasn't, it wasn't the person. It was like another, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was yeah, not, yeah. It's- <laughs> Right. It wasn't, the link wasn't clear out. to me. The link wasn't yeah. obvious to me. I didn't right. know that they knew each other. So that one, that one wasn't so great because they put those pieces together on their own. And then right. But luckily they just decided it. to split time with him, split days. Yeah. They've just decided to do like Very a, you mutual. know, polyamorous yeah. relationship <laughs> together. So that's totally fine. That's, yeah. Um, that's so great. Glad, really glad it went super smoothly there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it mainly people in the New York area? that you match together? Um, I have like a big, so I was all over the country and I still kind of am, but I have big 
areas. New York is obviously big. Boston is big. I have a lot of people in DC. I have a lot of people in Maine, handful in Chicago, handful in LA, handful in SF. Um, but definitely really large populations in Boston and New York, mm-hmm. New York being the biggest one. And that's obviously because like, I'm here, I meet people here, people here join, et cetera. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I have, I have, I have people uh, pretty much scattered. Yeah. And do you try to keep them in the same city if you can match? Now them I will try to give you at least one regional match, somebody who's yeah. in your region. Um, I know that's what people are looking for now because before it didn't really matter, right? COVID, no one could travel. Um, right. No one could see anyone. So it didn't really matter. You're talking on the phone with someone who's not in your area. <laughs> You're not seeing anyone in your area either. Right. Um, but yeah. now I definitely try to give you at least one regional match. But sometimes this happened just the other day. Someone was in, I won't say the city, but like X city. And there was somebody in a, in a town or city that was like 45, 50 minutes away mm-hmm. from X city. And I just thought that they would really get along. So I texted both of them being like, just so you know, your first match is like not in your direct place, but like close. Yeah. Um, would that be okay? I just feel really good about it. Um, and they both said it was fine. And I matched them and it went really well. Mm-hmm. And so I always feel good when that happens because I'm like, listen, if I'm going to match you with someone who's not in your actual area, I usually feel good about it. I usually like want to, or like mm-hmm. think you'll really get along. And you know, I do have that couple that made it work with like an ocean between them. So it right. can happen. Like it yeah. can, I like have an example. <laughs> yeah. And what do you look for? Sorry. What do you look for in a, uh, for a good pair? That's probably the hardest question to answer. And the question I get the most frequently. Well, that's the secret um, sauce. I don't know. That is. Can <laughs> yeah, give that, it away? That's the secret sauce. Um, I wish that I could give it away because then I could hire other people, not mm-hmm. be working on my own, but I really don't have a great answer. I just kind of am going off of intuition and like a feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not always what you write for your facts. So right now I'm still just doing uh, three facts. You just give me three facts and an annoying habit and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, as things get more complicated with the subscription models, you will be giving me more information for like higher tiered subscription models. Um, but right now it's just the three facts and it's not always how you write it. It's, or not how, what you write, it's how you write it. Right. So I can get a lot exactly from like your tone, even your punctuation use. Um, I had someone the other day submit and they wrote two facts and then for their third fact, they wrote, come on, Liv, you know me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. But like, you got to give me like, you got to give me more. something, you know, mm-hmm. like, you, like, I'm curious to see how you will approach m- these three facts. Like, I'm curious about your, how you like answer them, how you handle this like challenge. Right. Cause it's not, mm-hmm. it's hard. Um, do you pair so, people you know, who both make grammatical errors together? <laughs> Not necessarily grammatical errors, but I will pair people if it's like they both have really long run on sentences and like okay. really long paragraphs of answers. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, yeah. like that. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you just picture them just both talking at each other? Yeah, just time. Like, okay, so these people like like to talk. We're going to like yeah. see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, oh, do you thing. stay in communication with like the success stories, the people who like have been together for a while? Or do you become like friends with them? Because it's kind of a big part you, you play a big role in their relationship. Yeah, wedding season is coming up. Way. Wedding season is in full swing. I do feel swing. that way. <laughs> um, so that's, that's also an interesting question. Um, in some cases, I am definitely still in touch with a couple. But in most cases, I'm kind of like at this point, for the, for the folks that it's been 
you know, over a year now that they've been together. I'm like, I'm not really a part of this anymore. Like I did set you up, but like, you don't really owe me anything. Like you mm. have this whole thing that like I started, but like is your own thing. So I don't want to like butt in. And that is kind of awkward when I'm trying to gather like testimonials or like, I want to post a couple picture on my Instagram. I don't really want to like bother people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, you have, you have this whole thing. And like, yes, I started it, but like, you're, you know, each other's families now, like, you know, you, you're like this whole thing. Um, so it varies, but I'm definitely in touch with all the success stories. And sometimes people will send me pictures or fruit baskets. they'll tag me. Yeah. Fruit baskets, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. they'll tag me and stuff. Um, I do think if any of them end up getting married and I feel pretty good about at least three couples, I think the odds are pretty high <laughs> there you go um that you're the best I do woman think I, I do think that i will get an invitation and who knows maybe i'll be a flower girl like right. maybe they'll put me in this <laughs> three for three on flower girl this has been her <laughs> agenda the whole time she just wants to go to weddings exactly. i just want to be a flower really girl enjoys weddings i also really enjoy weddings yeah so just trying to rack up as many invites as i can <laughs> And did you foresee yourself doing this at any point? Like, were you like between your friends, were you a relationship person or dating advice or just like this came on a whim? No, not Mm -hmm. really. I mean, I love, I love talking about people's love lives. Always have. Like, it's like my favorite thing to talk about. Like, I always want to know, have you been going on dates? Who have you been going on dates with? Like, tell me the stories, what's going on. I always want to know people's, uh, I invented this thing, invented, did I invent it? I don't know. A question I always ask people is I would say, who are your pillars? If I had like a new friend I was getting to know, I don't want to know every single person you've ever hooked up with. I want to know your pillars. Who are the most important relationships that for better or for worse have like built the house of your romantic life? Like who are those pillars? Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, everybody has, everyone has at least one pillar. Usually people have like three and it's not always someone you dated it could be like the boy that you never talked to who broke your heart in high school, but you like always thought about like, maybe that's a really important thing that you reflect on. And so I would always ask people when I was getting to know them, okay, who are your pillars? Like, tell me about your pillars. And then I'll ask, like, I'll follow up on that. Like, I want to know, well, remember that thing that happened with this person like three years ago. And so I love that the bachelor is my favorite show, which is super embarrassing, but more so than other people, as in I've been watching for about 10 years (laughs) Mm-hmm. now maybe 12 and I like know everything and I've like read every book and I've watched every spinoff and I like know literally everything to almost an anthropological standpoint <laughs> like it's it's like not even just a fan thing it's like I like know The Bachelor which well, is super embarrassing it's but work I think research. feeds into what I do exactly yeah. it's work yeah. research it's work. Like, I you're like, working when you're watching <laughs> yeah. The I'm working right. that's what I'm telling people I'm sorry Monday yeah. nights I can't work a real job because I'm yes. I'm working yeah. and uh, from 8 to 10 p.m. I'm, I'm unavailable don't I'm call me I'm, I'm taking that's notes that's <laughs> that's it so it's always been a huge part of my personality I don't think I ever saw myself being a matchmaker mm-hmm. but I'm not surprised okay yeah. So it's, it sounds like the pieces were there for it. Yeah. Everything it was, sounds like all the pillars were there. there. Yeah. It sounds all like the, the pillars, pillars were in all, place. I had all the pillars in place. So mm-hmm. let's do it. So. And then also, in so in your uh, other time, you're a uh, resident doctor evaluation specialist. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I do that. 
Yep. So that's, what is that? So you one. you are uh, pretending to be a sick patient for resident doctors, essentially at NYU. Yep, yep. I know there's some other hospitals throughout the city, but yeah, I uh, go in and um, they don't know that I am an actor, mm-hmm. and I have a doctor's appointment. It's uh, the program is called standardized patient. And most hospitals have it, but I'm the rare kind, which is unannounced standardized patient. Okay. Um, and yeah, I go in and I have doctor's appointments with the residents. I have a little recorder in my pocket and then I like write a full report for the hospital on like mm-hmm. my, my time. Like I haven't been doing it in person for a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, you're going exactly. undercover. I'm literally like James Bond. I'm literally yeah. like James Bond. <laughs> so I haven't been doing it in person recently. Um, but oh, right. I think yeah, I'm going to go back stuff. in person in like August. <laughs> how, so, how is that so when you're transition doing, from gonna say, going so in then, person to Zoom? So you're doing your Zooms yeah. and you're with the doctor and all of a sudden they hear, your meeting is now being recorded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, wait a second. Exactly, a spy. with the voice. Yeah, yeah. with the voice. Um, yeah, I was doing, the ones over Zoom are really interesting because they were, um, I was doing like student health visits. Um, so I was pretending I was like in college and mm. so those ones, I would have to like text my roommates and be like, no one can refer to me by my real name <laughs> for the next like two hours. Please don't knock on my door. I would like tilt my camera or whatever. So it was like just this background or something. Cause I didn't want mm. them to see like, what if they're like, that doesn't look like a <laughs> NYU oh, like, right. dormitory. Yeah. Like yeah. that's too big. Or like, I don't, like, I don't even know. You'll I have a Taylor Swift poster on my wall. That passes. Like, You'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, so yeah, those ones were those ones were kind of interesting because I had to be like pretty careful about. Or I did one from my boyfriend's apartment, and I was like so worried that he was gonna like walk in right. <laughs> during mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Have you ever been uh, found out, either in person or Zoom? Has anyone? You been don't like, really. Hold you on. don't really know. Is that a recorder you're in your supposed pocket? To write? <laughs> well, I'm always worried. Sometimes the recorder like beeps <laughs> or like makes some noise, and I'm always like, "Oh, my phone! Right. Ah. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, but you don't really know if people can tell or not, but at the the last question that they always ask you is like, did any, anything unusual happen during your visit? Or do you think they suspected mm-hmm. that you were a standardized patient? And a couple of times I've thought to myself, maybe they suspect, but it's really hard to know. There's certain like giveaways. Um, when I go in person, I go to hospitals that are, um, serving more underprivileged communities. Um, you know, I'm not going to like the bougie bougie mm-hmm. the hospital because they don't, mm-hmm. they're not looking for people to evaluate their residents in quite the same way. So I'm going to hospitals that are, are in many cases, not excellent places to mm-hmm. get treated. They're like pretty, some rough and tumble clinics. Um, and so one of the main reasons that I might be suspected is like, honestly, I'm a blonde white girl who might not be normally in this kind of hospital. Mm-hmm. And so right off the bat, that's kind of like a flag of like mm-hmm. who I am and a really big one. There's two really big ones that we're kind of trained about. Um, I'm not supposed to smile a lot um, because I have teeth that have had braces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be a bit of a flag mm-hmm. and I can't make a lot of eye contact because uh, that's also kind of a flag, like really making eye contact with a doctor Mm-hmm. It's not always something you're going to see hmm. that often. What's, what's right. the uh, range of diseases you have to? Is is that how it works? Do they like give you a disease? Like, yes, yeah, they do. They do. Um, I'm pretty much only asthma. When okay. I did the student mm-hmm. health 
clinic ones, I was basically doing like a variety of sexual questions or like one of them I was asking about um, like different sexually transmitted diseases. And then I had questions about like my sexuality. Like it was mm. more like student health stuff you might be grappling with as a college student. Um, okay. So I've done that. But I mostly when I go in person, I play asthma, except for most interestingly, in December 2019, I got an email from my boss saying, hey, we have, I've been working there a long time. It was like, hey, we have an interesting assignment for you. Um, there's this crazy new virus called the coronavirus. Mm, and right. we'd like you to go into hospitals and pretend to have it and test protocol. Dang, in December and so, they had you doing that. Yep. So, well, I didn't start until like January 3rd, 2020. Right. But it was like in the works in December. And then from January through March, I was going into hospitals pretending to have COVID before wow. before it was COVID and yeah. see what would happen. And that was like genuinely crazy. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah, crazy to think back on for sure. Was, that was like nuts. I was being locked in like isolation. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's not the doctors yeah, had it, hazmat suits on. Oh, like, right. Yeah, that geez. is when they first came out yeah. all in hazmat suits. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah like there's got to be certain assignments that like when you read them, you're just like, oh, I have to do this today. <laughs> like th there's got to be <laughs> more fun ones than than others. And Definitely. meanwhile, you got and this doctor in a hazmat suit looking at you like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> She's a spy. <laughs> well, it, was, it was really crazy because when I was going in early on for COVID, um, nobody like we didn't know all the symptoms. Right. So it was hard. But like all the hospitals were supposed to ask you we're supposed to like try to find out if you maybe had this thing, but even though we didn't know like what the symptoms of this thing were, like we didn't know about the loss of, of sense or taste, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so early on, literally like my first ever visit, I went in and I was like, hi, um, I don't feel so good. Like I, I think I maybe have a fever. I kind of feel like I have the flu, but my roommate just got back from Wuhan, China yesterday. Laying it all out. And at that first visit, I kid you not, the doctor went clickety clack, clickety clack. Um, okay, well, we don't have an appointment for three hours. So you can hang out in the cafeteria or like go home and then come back. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't know at that point. And that was all I gave her. Did you like wink I when said you said I Wuhan, China? Were you like Wuhan, China? <laughs> He's like, wouldn't have never heard <laughs> of it. How about you go down, down the street and get back to me <laughs> yeah. in a couple hours? Yeah, literally. I like basically, well, I like don't even, I like couldn't believe it. I mean, I guess I could believe it at the time. Right. Now looking back, I'm like, right. oh now my God, ridiculous. I can't right. believe that right. that but happened. I guess no one did really know about it back then. But nobody now, knew. Literally now, nobody knew. The hospitals were like not ready. They did get better. Like it was really, it was really interesting to be a part of it. And I'm the only, I'm the only one who did it as far as I know across like the country. There's actually a, like mm -hmm. a scientific report written about my findings oh, wow. that you can like really? read. Yeah. That got published. And Just I'm got like, all the these photos of you surrounded by people in hazmat. <laughs> <With masks. laughs> yeah. It was really interesting um, to be referred to as like the patient. <laughs> yeah. Like blah, 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 blah. your like, patient the zero. The patient was trained in like yeah. this and that and this and other thing. The subject. Um, yeah. That's weird. But yeah. It was really, it was really interesting to be a part of that, especially looking back. Olivia, did you growing up, did you always want to be an actress? Like what, what did you think you wanted to do? Yeah, I definitely always wanted to be an actress. Mm -hmm. um, and who knows? Who knows? Because really, I was acting until the pandemic happened. Yeah. <laughs> so we were kind of like forced out of that. Um, so I don't really know. Like, maybe I'll go back to that, I guess. I mean, it feels like the matchmaking stuff. And 
I'm also a fitness instructor, which feels a lot like performing in many, many ways. Um, and all the doctor stuff is like very acting. So everything I'm doing is still very creative and very similar mm -hmm. to acting. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. I keep being like, I was an actress. I am an actress. Yeah. I was, I am. <laughs> yeah. So don't really know where I land. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause it's like, you know, I, I feel like, um, I mean, the arts were definitely hit pretty hard. I mean, Connor, you worked in, in sound engineering. So, I mean, I know it's, yeah. it was tough with music just being totally stopped, right? At yeah. The, during the point. pandemic, when people asked me what I did, I was like, I was an audio engineer. Now I <laughs> sit at home and don't do much. Mm -hmm. I was. I started a podcast kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. where I'm kind of an That's audio it. engineer again, but not really. <laughs> but yeah, it's recently yeah. though, uh, it's been great. Things have been yeah. coming back. Have you, uh, are you still trying to do the acting thing? Is that something that you see in your future or? No, maybe. No? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I got into grad school for musical theater writing. So I was kind of moving towards the writing end of the spectrum anyways for a little while, mm -hmm. um, but still in the theater. So I actually just deferred because things with the love pool are going pretty well and things at my other job are going pretty well. So it didn't seem like the right time to go in August felt like mm -hmm. too soon. So I just deferred. So it's definitely like still on the horizon, like maybe in a year yeah. I'll like go to this. It's at Tish. Like maybe I'll go to Tish and like do the thing again. Like, I don't really know, right. but the way yeah. I always did acting, I've really never been the kind of person who goes to auditions. I'm not really interested in that. I don't, I don't like, I don't like that <laughs> at all. Um, so opportunities for me have always just kind of fallen into my lap and then work begets work. So I'll like take some random job. And then from there, something will happen and like I'll meet somebody else and then another project will just like fall into my lap. And then from there, another project. And so that's my mode of getting acting jobs. And like that obviously hasn't happened like at all because right. there's no way for that to happen. Um, and I don't do self tapes. I like, I don't do that at all. I've done some um, voice work. I, I'm a voice actor as well. And that was obviously able to happen during the pandemic. So earlier on, like last summer, I was doing some voiceover projects with people who approached me um, mm -hmm. just to voice like whatever their animated stuff. Um, I had a couple of those that were somewhat successful last summer and that was fun. So I would definitely do voice acting again. Obviously you've seen my, my whole setup here though. I haven't used it like I said yeah. in a really, long, <laughs> really long time, right. but I do have like the accoutrement. Right, you do. You got the equipment for sure. From my yeah. room, but I just like haven't in a while. So I don't know. I'd like to find my way back in because it, it definitely makes me really happy, but mm -hmm. no rush. Right. It'll always it be seems there. like what you what you have going on gets to kind of um, scratch that itch. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I'm really loving the fitness instructing right now. It's like really exhausting, but it feels just like performance. You know, I get on the mic, everyone's mm -hmm. looking at me, mm -hmm. everyone's paying attention to me. They have no choice. They have to look at me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. We talking spin or are we talking, uh, <laughs> no, I don't do spin. I used to be, I used to be at flywheel, but flywheel went under during the pandemic RIP. Mm. Um, so I got laid off from there and now I work at, um, SLT strength and lengthen and tone, which mm -hmm. is a reformer Pilates studio. Um, so it's basically a torture machine and okay. you're on it and I yell at you to do yeah. moves that yeah, have crazy say, names. Are you like the cliche like instructor just yelling the whole time? Like a lot of let's go pump it Definitely. up. Yeah. Definitely. 
Yes. Nice. And I've just started teaching a running, they have a running format that's like half on the treadmill and then half on the regular machine. And I am exactly the cliche, like <laughs> the stuff that comes out of my mouth. I'm like, who's saying that? <laughs> what? <laughs> get, back, get back in there. Um, so that's really fun. And I'm starting to stream for them too. So I'll be doing like the, their online like streaming platform, um, oh, great. which again, super fun. It's just like yeah. on camera, me on camera, like right but leading a workout it's, instead of like doing a performance but it's like kind yeah. of a performance i don't know yeah for sure but that is yeah that is one of those things where it, it, it's interesting um how your interest can kind of i don't know collide in that sense or that you don't have to be right. doing exactly what you thought it was going to be but still those talents spill out over and uh, elsewhere i mean like our mutual friend Catherine churchill was saying she when she was working on advertising and then they had her doing what was it? Maybe it was like the copywriting for some of the marketing or something. She was like, all of a sudden I was using my English and writing skills for something that wasn't even in the job description at all at that point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it is amazing how like you can work a variety of random jobs and none of them are the job that you thought you would be working, but like they somehow all fit into the, mm -hmm. the little like puzzle where you're like, oh, these are all of my skills right. and I am using them just yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how remote work can also allow for that or to do like, or just like technology to allow for multiple different kind of part-time jobs all going on. Exactly. Exactly. And it's what I prefer. I don't like having a full-time job. That's not mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. I can't do it. <laughs> so then what are you thinking for a lives love pool as you're going on? You're implementing the subscriber base. Um, yep. So we're rolling out these tiered models. There's like five of them that are going to, that are going to come out, um, pretty soon, hopefully in the next month, maybe mm -hmm. by early August, we'll see. Um, so I think that's going to be great. Once those roll out, I'm going to start running ads. I've been hesitant to run ads because I want to make sure that when people come to the service, it's like best optimized for me and them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't really want to do those yet and just have people sit on my wait list, which is what is currently happening. Um, okay. so I'm waiting to do that, but then I'm going to run ads. So hopefully continue to like boost my users. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully with these subscription models that I'm rolling out and with ads, I'm going to be able to offer more of the like date coaching and dating advice and profile makeovers that I've been doing. Um, we're also going to be rolling out lives love pool party, which is, uh, going to be a curated party for like singles and you apply there's like a low application fee and then nice. a cover charge and it's going to be like an in-person event with like an open bar and music and 20 single people um one of whom i think is like your perfect match okay um no phone they have, you have to, to go like find everyone yep basically and yeah. just like have a fun night so it's like going it will be like a night out like a regular night out yeah um but I'm guaranteeing that everyone is single, that everyone is quote unquote there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. quotes. And, you know, hopefully you'll meet someone that you, you know, vibe with or worst case scenario, you meet some cool new people to go out with through my like network. So right. that's also coming soon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Got a lot of developments going on then. Oh <laughs> yeah. Arguably some might say too many. <laughs> I'm a little, little too busy. Need to figure out a better balance, mm -hmm. but have you ever thought make of making it into like a production like The Bachelor? Well, so that's the thing. My that's idea like kind of stemmed. My idea kind of stemmed from like The Bachelor and Love Island and Bachelor in Paradise, which is essentially a bunch of singles trying to find love, but it's filmed. And I was like, how can I recreate that experience? But for people who don't want to be on The Bachelor, for mm -hmm. people who don't want to be 
filmed. So right. I want to have that same concept of like showing up. I mean, my, my eventual like down the line, like dream pitch would be to have a relationship with like some beautiful house in Atlanta, uh, like an island off the coast of Atlanta, like St. Simon's Island or something, have some relationship with some house there and be able to throw these parties as three day weekends, maybe once a month. Yeah. And, you know, you would have to pay for your flights, but like then everything is covered. You pay like a, a cover to me, but then everything is covered and you get to do this like weekend away. Um, and obviously there. you'd have to. Yeah. And you guys can come. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And I think it would be so Sounds fun glorious. to replicate the Love Island experience, but for like, you know, a no person who doesn't, it doesn't want to be on reality television. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's sort of my like long, like long game plan would be Little to do those. So I, I love the Olivia matching. Olivia always but... has a recorder in her pocket. So yeah, I always have a recorder in my pocket. <laughs> and then I'm writing a report and sending it to a hospital <laughs> to analyze yeah. your like, psychology. Yeah. <laughs> so look out. The hospital's like, Olivia, there's nothing we can use this information for. Too bad. I want you to put in your system. <laughs> File it away. <laughs> that's awesome. It sounds like there's a lot of opportunity with what you've built there. That's That's great. There definitely is. It's a little overwhelming because I'm a solo founder um, and a mm -hmm. female founder. And so there's obviously a lot of obstacles in the space, especially with fundraising. Um, my first round was like fine, but like really stressful for mm -hmm. me. What did you go through for ways. the first round? Um, so I sort of did friends and family, but like not really. Um, mm -hmm. My parents gave me a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but that was mostly, that was mostly like emergency. Like I was like, oh my God, like, I have to pay all of these things like I'm freaking out. And so yeah. that was kind of like emergency money. It like really wasn't, it really wasn't anything to write home about. And then mm -hmm. I do have two wonderful investors who found me. Um, one of them was actually a member of the pool who friend of a friend of a friend joined the pool. Um, and turns out was a former product manager at a big mm -hmm. dating app, the name of which I will not disclose, but okay. um, kind of knows the space has been in the space for 12 years. Um, really knows what's up and he was super interested in my product and yeah. so he's one of my main investors and then i have another guy who also a uh, friend of a friend of a friend was just interested so yeah that's cool but also stressful because like i have shareholders right now. yeah <laughs> it's not just me mm -hmm. back here it's like, but it sounds like that one guy at least couldn't be a huge resource for you too in terms of yeah and he asked me and actually talking to you right now i'm like damn i should email him and like set up another call i like to check in with them you know mm -hmm. every now and again and i'm like oh my god i should like call him and get his advice on some stuff because it's always really helpful when i'm like okay you know we've got the love pool party we've got the subscription models like we've got these things where what where should i focus? i want to run ads right like, what should i focus on like where right. should I, sh I should i get a co-founder should i focus my efforts in hiring like should i hire people um to hire people on not just a part-time thing, I would probably need to raise another round. I can't mm -hmm. pay anyone a full salary right now with benefits um, and like health insurance, but mm -hmm. like dream, would I love to be able to do that? Yeah, that'd be mm -hmm. sick. So I'd probably have to raise again and raising was like not fun, but yeah. I'll ask him and like get his advice. And that's, you know, super helpful. He usually is like, okay, this is what you should do. And I'm like, okay, okay great. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any dating advice for young adults? My two main pieces of advice is, pieces of advices. I don't know why I just mm. put it like that. My advice two main pieces, pieces of advice, advice mm. pieces are number one, you have to just do it. You can't complain about not dating. If you're not dating, mm. nothing irritates me more. And I know I've, I've fallen victim to that all the time about being like, Oh my God, I want to be dating. I want to be dating. Okay. Well then you actually have to date and like dating kind of sucks. I 
I love it, but that goes into advice piece, piece advice shard number two, <laughs> which is dating is fun and should be fun. And if you go into dates being like, this is going to be my soulmate, this is going to be my husband, wife, partner for life, et cetera. You know, that that's an absolutely terrible mental spot to be right. in. Right. That'll, that'll kill you with anything, setting your expectations too high like that. Exactly. You'll always fall short. Exactly. I mean, they used to say in the acting world, the worst energy to have when you walk into an audition is I need to get this part. Mm-hmm. They're going to know that you're going to come off as desperate and needy and you need to be happy enough in your regular life that getting the part would be an incredible addition, would mm-hmm. be like the cherry on top, but w- you don't need it. If you don't get it, you can go back to your regular life and be totally happy. And that piece of advice really like changed things for me when I was really auditioning and thinking about stuff. Because it was like, oh, right. I hate that this is an acting thing, but I hate the phrase survival job. People always say you need to have a survival job. Mm-hmm. And I hated that because your survival job is what you're doing 99% of the time. Right. So it yeah. shouldn't just be surviving. Like, mm-hmm. that's horrible. Yeah. Like, oh my God, your survival job needs to be something awesome that you love doing because guess what? You're not going to get the part. Like, you're not going to get the part. And you might, and that'll be awesome, but you're probably not going to. So you need to have a really awesome regular life. And I feel the same way about dating. It would be mm-hmm. really awesome if they liked you back. It would be really awesome if you fell in love across the bar in Williamsburg, but you're probably, that's probably not going to happen. And so dating needs to be fun. You need to go out and have fun with a lot of different people. And for me, what helped me realize that it needed to be fun was I stopped going on dates that weren't stuff I wanted to do. I'm not a huge drinker. I don't love just going to bars and like talking. Mm -hmm. I can, and I have, and that's fine. But I would rather go rock climbing. I would rather mm-hmm. go to an outdoor movie. I would rather go to a like a game bar or go to a picnic or like do axe throwing or something. Like I want to like right. do something fun that I actually want to do. And then I'm going to have a good mm-hmm. time and you're going to have a good time. And it's going to be a better test of if we get along rather than just sit at a bar and like get wasted, which is fun in its own way, but it doesn't always work yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with the, in the vein of, um, with dating, it's almost like with job interviews where you kind of just need to go out there and just start swinging and eventually you'll, you'll hit something, but it's like, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're, you know, you might miss pretty hard. You might go on a bad date or two, but they're normally not nearly as bad as you build it up in your head. Um, you know, so what? It's a little awkward for an hour or two. That's even better. Like I, when people go on dates, I always say, I hope you have an absolutely incredible time or I hope it's just so horrible. Uh, I, yeah. I don't want it to be like just okay. Cause <laughs> yeah. then it's like, Oh, that's like so dumb. Yeah. But, like if it's, if it's horrible, if you have a horrible date, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. You're going like to tell that story, story for exactly. years. Right. right. Like, then you have the bad date story to tell when you're on a good date. Yeah. No, exactly. Like that's the whole thing. Like what's the worst that can happen? Like if it's the worst that can happen, that's like kind of awesome. Obviously outside of something actually horrible happening, but like if it's a bad date, <laughs> right, like that's yeah. like pretty solid. Like yeah. cool. Yeah, I feel and like I've the worst date is bad ones. Yeah, I feel like the worst date mm-hmm. is like there's nothing to tell. Like it's just like, oh that was Exactly. Typical. The worst one is yeah. just like, yeah, it was like fine, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was whatever. Yeah, if there's no story. Yeah bad date but listen if you're going axe throwing it's never just going to be fine it's always going to be a blast <laughs> boomer bust <laughs> i there. promise yeah. yeah yeah i've heard a, a story of a friend who uh 
the, one of their friends, they were at one of those and they tried to do a 360 and chuck Jesus. the axe and missed terribly. Yeah, that's, that's, hey, that could be a bad date. That's, uh, see, see, what you're I up for on those axe throwing. I haven't done the axe throwing okay. yet. Is, is it also drinking while you're axe throwing? Like, is yeah, yeah, yes. oh my I God. know. Yes. And usually you like go to the bar. Like, yep. <laughs> It's somebody who thought we need to reduce before, the human right. population right. as well. Axes. Yeah, so let's, let's get like, all these people fun, who like, like to throw axes. Date. Yeah, that's, that's it's, a bl- it's like a blast. I like 10, 10. It sounds like there's adrenaline flowing for sure. Mm-hmm. There's so much. It was honestly, that was one of the best first dates of my life was an axe ring first date. <laughs> that's crazy. So 10, 10 recommend. Don't know if you guys are single, but uh, the pool is always an option. It's there. <laughs> It's there. It really the is. List is there. It really is. And you'll get, because I've met you guys now, is what I, this is always my pitch. You'll get La Creme de La Creme. <laughs> if I've oh, met you, go. it's like she you soar right selling. to the top. Yeah. Like, there yeah. you go. Even, like, even if we write, people. even if we write on our uh, three facts, you know me, Liv. Yeah. Come on, you know me. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'd be like, well, okay. Do well, I, I, I guess this? I do. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I do. <laughs> or if you send me friends, yeah. another, another thing I will say, which is, um, a boon, a real boon to my business, even though it doesn't always feel that way to me. Mm-hmm. I have way more women than men. My ratio skews towards females or Hear those that, who man? identify as female. So you join and you're mm-hmm. a straight cisgendered man. The world is your literal oyster. I have just <laughs> well, it already so is, many and it? like top notch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it already is. It's, there, like, yeah. it's like even more like yeah. this is your moment. Oyster within so, an oyster. Yeah. Yeah. When we no, talk we'll about definitely... running ad campaigns, everyone's like, you should really just your ad campaign should just be like, I have so many women. Yeah, you I, I'm there whoever told you that, that was great yeah, advice. Cause that's I actually I have like a these, firm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I mean that's that why the guy, men. my my investor from a dating app, when he found out my ratio was mostly women, he like mm-hmm. freaked out because he was like, There's no dating app that that's like the case for. Like right. if women are attracted to your service, if women trust you, like you've somehow cornered something insane in the market and like, yeah. you gotta keep that up. Right. And so I'm yeah. like proud of it. I like love that. But also I'm like, yo, I got to match these women up with some quality <laughs> guys. Like where are my quality men? Like what's right. going on here? Can't be sitting around. Mm-hmm. And that said, it's also important for me to mention that I do have people all across all the spectrums. I have like, it's a very welcoming open space. So it's not just for heterosexual cisgendered people. I have folks who identify in many, many different categories. And, you know, it's, it's a very open welcoming space for all folks. And I do have mm. folks of, of, you know, really everything all across the binary. So lots of options. For yeah. Everyone. We'll be sure to link to that in the, in the show notes then. Yeah, definitely important. I never want, I never want to feel, I definitely have a large population of heterosexual cisgendered individuals, but that is not the only population that I am serving. So mm-hmm. a lot of options. Excellent. Um, and so now we just got a, uh, just like two other questions left for you here, but what's something you would have, you would tell a younger version of yourself? <laughs> oh, one thing. Wow. Jeez. Let's say in college. Don't have that chicken teriyaki sandwich last week. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that's yeah. terrible. In idea. college, don't you think you can take 10 shots? You can't. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You can't. No, you weigh, you're the smallest little human. There's no way you can do that. Um, <laughs> in college, I would say, well, you know what? Here's the thing. In college, I was like incredibly happy and I absolutely loved my school. Shout out to Bowdoin College. In my opinion, the greatest place on earth. Bo- Bowdoin. And so... 
I like fucking loved it there so much. Oh, that was my first swear of the episode. Oh, there we go. She snuck it in the last swear. Uh Let's start over. We did it. Um, Yeah, I loved it there so much. So I honestly don't even know if I have advice for myself in college or Mm. something I would tell myself in college because it was so great. I really like hit a low point right after I graduated because Mm. I had a show that was picked up, but then the show ended as shows do. And that's when I became a birthday party clown and was working at a restaurant and was really like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on in yeah. my life? And I think what I would say to that version of myself, so a little bit later than college, um, would be to stop stressing so much about what I'm supposed to be doing and just go with the flow and everything is going to work out. And your misery right now at Burger Village will end and will be a really funny story someday when the I was asked to kill a rat. And you're in the on a podcast a and mm. tell it now. What is this? <laughs> yeah. What is this story? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were a birthday clown. Yeah. Wait. So what, was, what was, was the was, role was you were got? What was the role you were in for this show? And then the, what was that like finding out that it was getting dropped? Well, so it wasn't necessarily dropped. We just had, it was, uh, I had the show that I wrote in college with my theater, like writing partner. Her name's Maggie, Maggie Seymour. Mm-hmm. She's the best. Um, we had a show that we wrote together in college, went really well at college. We then decided, heck, let's take it on tour. So we just took it on tour, just the two of us to different yes. festivals throughout the country. And then it ended up at Fringe NYC, uh, which is kind of like the biggest Fringe Festival outside of Edinburgh, but that's obviously international. Okay. Yeah. Um, and from there, it got picked up by a small off-Broadway theater Mm-hmm. um here and so we then moved to new york after we graduated and put it up at that at that theater um and that was awesome and it wasn't it was, it's a very small theater so it wasn't yeah. like the show like got canceled or dropped or they pulled it or whatever it was like a three-month run like we ran through like june through august that's whatever. awesome yeah I and mean, yeah it was and that was what brought right out of here. school getting that yeah oh my god i felt so good i was like i am so cool this is so awesome <laughs> Um, but mm-hmm. then, you know, the show ended in August and I was an unemployed actress right. in New York City, like mm-hmm. all alone. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and yeah, I was like, I was like pretty miserable. I would say that was like the most miserable mm-hmm. I think I've ever been because I, I like had nothing to do. Like I was mm-hmm. like in my apartment, like I remember there was this one day where there was like a big fly, like flying around and i spent two hours trying to catch and release this fucking fly like oh, that's man. what i was doing that's for a like a point. day yeah. <laughs> oh my god and that that's when i discovered i mean this is this like whole nother thing but that's when i discovered mm-hmm. fitness and then that really became a huge huge passion of mine and then i started working in the fitness industry and like mm-hmm. now here we are in that regard so fitness really saved me uh yeah. at that at that time in my life um but yeah i think i would be like of all of the miseries that you're experiencing like all of these horrible, horrible things are going to become really funny stories and like everything is going to work out. And you just have to trust that like, even though right now you're working for the mafia as a birthday party clown, mm. hang in there. What? Wait. Yeah. So how did this <laughs> job come up with the mafia? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to hear about. <laughs> Wait. And now you threw the mafia in there too. So right. you were a birthday clown. Oh yeah. Yeah. How, for sure. how, did, how did that job come up? You know, you I was, I was lured. I was lured to the clowns. The clowns lured me in, which is <laughs> never how do. you want to. 
over the class. That's really never how you want things to go. Mm. Um, but yeah, they lured me there under false pretenses. <laughs> I saw in it, it was a posting on backstage.com, which is oh, uh, like, they got you know, they got some sneaky ones. My friend got brought into the uh, Church of Scientology through one of those. Nice. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, he said it's all did. real. The whole episode that South Park did, making fun of him, he said it's all real, where they hold the the things and measure your photons and whatever. He was like, because I'm already here. I may as well go through it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, oh like, do you God. know how many people probably thought that, too? Like, And he went through the <laughs> entire thing. I might as well thing. go through it, and the next thing you know, he's like the head of the Church of Scientology. He's right, like yeah. Tom Cruise or whatever. He's like yeah, all the way yeah. up. Anyway, so last time I saw him, he said, praise Zeno. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so he's gone. We've lost him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you go to we lost him to the masses, right? So you go, you see it on backstage, then. Yeah, very similar. There was just a posting on backstage for a children's theater performer. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the same as mm-hmm. a birthday party club no, at all. But yeah, there was a there was a posting for a children's theater performer, and I was like, heck! So I applied. Uh, I got an email from somebody known as the clown man <laughs> and yeah. the clown man was like, come to this abandoned warehouse tomorrow in long Island <laughs> at 3 PM. <laughs> oh my God. Now, did <laughs> and like wear business, a, wear they- business casual was the another thing you have to wear business casual. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds <laughs> reasonable. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I did. I got wow, on the LIRR. Brave. I got on the long Island railroad. I fucking took the train. I was wearing a, you know, a suit and blazer. Like I was dressed in business casual. Mm. As I was on the train, I was asking people, does this train go to this stop? Does this train go do to this stop? Do you know stop? the clown man? <laughs> yeah, do you know the clown man? And all, then, clowns uh, go, all clowns go by a name. They don't yeah. go by the clown man. It's they, like well, they do. The I was actually Princess Bubbles. You do have a clown name that you mm, have. Princess and nobody Bubbles. calls you your real name. They call you your clown name. Clown, and I was right. Princess Bubbles. And you would be like penalized if you like didn't call like like King like King Soap or whatever King Soapy whatever his name was if you didn't like call King them they're like it's the worst <laughs> call me King Soapy <laughs> and you would be I'm like literally you, they'd be like Rick no, I'm like, not calling you King King Soapy I'm calling you Rick <laughs> I declare I'm King Soapy <laughs> so you gotta get a new name Rick come on. <laughs> Rick, really good. King Sobe makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, the kids are terrified. <laughs> and they were. Some of them really were. I bet. <laughs> and and um, well, the mafia is in um, play too. So was that making people more terrified? How did the mafia come into play? Well, you know, I just, I know it was run by the mafia. Assume, I literally think I was yeah. getting paid out in like blood money. Like it was cash mm. only. It was all under the table. And then when they started the asking table. you to like take people out as a clown you're like oh definitely the <laughs> oh mafia. well i guess i have to do this now like here we go <laughs> i'm a main um, man a full-blown spy <laughs> exactly. it was really like it was pretty sketchy they had a rabbit room that was just a room of literally floor to ceiling rabbits in cages and you would like oh, go in man. and select your rabbit for the day mm-hmm. and like put it in your clown car and then like there should be a documentary drive to, about drive this. To your party. Yeah, there there should be. There should. I've actually thought many times about writing about my experience for the clown. Yes, because mm-hmm. there was really a lot that happened. I'm sure. In, yeah. in the four that months, sounds like that we're I just scratching them. the surface. I know. I can't believe we almost oh, missed yeah. this. We just yeah, we just talked about <laughs> the rabbit the room. 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 That was only a thirty second thing. I feel like you could spend we an just hour talking about the rabbit room. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that and like oh my gosh, there was literally 
I went on a date with a cannibalistic clown. That's like a whole nother thing. What is like, that? There were a lot of really interesting people that I huh? came in contact but, with. Like he played a cannibalistic clown or? No, no, no. He, no, no you no. later found out he was a cannibal? On the date. On the on date? The what? On the date. On and, the date. Okay, and then let's, hear, let's hear this story. I'm going to say this King Mr. King no, Sophie. No, this was not this was not King Sophie. I wish it had been King Sophie because I don't think King Sophie was the cannibal. King Sophie was pretty harmless. Okay. Well, I mean, he's King this Sophie. Guy, How intimidating. This guy, I called him the hot clown because he was just really, really hot. I don't even remember his name, but he was mm. just the hot clown. Like and hot cannibals are, are hard, hard to come hot. by. They have to be, right? Like Army Hammer, isn't he a cannibal these days? Isn't exactly. That, isn't that what everyone's saying? It's pretty hot. So. so now I'm just suspicious of hot people. Yeah. Mm-mm. Are you, you a cannibal? <laughs> Who knows? Don't like it. Um, so yeah, no, I went out you? with that guy once. How did he tell um, you he was a cannibal? Well, it was pretty alarming. I mean, yuck. It's a pretty long meat. story, but. <laughs> <laughs> Is this chicken? I wish it was a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, basically, like we were on this date, and uh, I mean, it was a whole weird, like long, long, drawn out story. But I'm sure. basically, I ended up on this date, and I brought a friend of mine, as one does. Smart. <laughs> Sounds smart. Because yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of like kind of red flags like leading up to this, so I ended up bringing a friend of mine. So I was sitting with my friend across the table from him, and basically, apropos of nothing he leaned across the table and started talking about how he enjoys consuming human flesh. Was he like whispering it? Huh. No, he really was just like, so oh, got serious. <laughs> I mm. enjoy this. And like showed me where she was showing us his teeth and like the size this of them. Is terrifying. Oh yeah. And being like, this was like made like strip flesh, like from the bone and like, yeah. Anyways, at some point he went up to get us another drink, and that's the only time in my life I've ever actually dined and dashed. My friend and I made eye yeah, contact with each other. Yeah, yeah. Out of there. Right. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Did you go? And then run? I left the clowns shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, that I was makes like, sense. Man, it's time. Goodbye. Wow. And they were mad. They were like, "Oh, you can't like leave our family." Which. Mm-hmm. Jeff's Jeff's right. a cannibal. That's what do you mean? Of course, yeah. I can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our family. Jeff is yeah. dining on Je- the children. Je- like, yeah. I don't want to be a part eat- of his family anymore. Jeff's eating our family. King soaps like Princess <laughs> Bubbles. You're gonna leave us? <laughs> yes, King <laughs> Sophie. It's my time to go. Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. Well, I'm glad we didn't miss that's that insane. story. I'm glad somehow mm-hmm. that came up. Thank you. Weirdly, that's the second time today I've talked about um, the clowns. So (laughs) very upsetting to me that that's come up to me twice (laughs) in a 12-hour period. (laughs) Sorry to bring that back up, but uh, it's definitely a a wild story. You should write these stories down. Yeah. Before you forget them, I've started. I've 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 started with chronicle the the time. I mean, my my main my main like dream would be to be a a memoir writer who performs my memoirs like a la David Sedaris. Like I would like to read. my stories yeah. out loud that's like mm-hmm. really that would be like my my end goal dream that's like okay right. now are you sitting on like a really comfortable chair on a stage when you're doing this or are you <laughs> acting them out with no, like I, think I, would be, I think i'd be like standing in front of a microphone like okay. i think it would be like like stand like what david sedaris does he just like walks out onto a stage with a microphone and just like reads excerpts from his like memoirs that's cool mm-hmm. i like that i think cool. that is what i would really like to do I think yeah. the clown memoirs would be a hit. I think so too. I think, I think people would like. I think people would like to hear about the clown. I think people <laughs> would like to hear about the clown. 
yeah, that was really a wild time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, I think this is a great point to wrap it up, Olivia. After <laughs> wrap it up on the clowns. <laughs> yeah. Who knows yeah. what other little nugget I'm just going to drop out out of <laughs> yeah, nowhere. Sneak now. it in yeah. there. I know. Oh, I'm really glad we, we got to go over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> excellent. Well, this was lovely. Thank you for having me. I look forward to listening to any episodes I may have missed yeah. in my binging <laughs> Right, because you've podcast. been listening since the beginning of time, <laughs> yeah. of course. Since the very beginning. So I'll just make sure I haven't missed any episodes mm-hmm. and as it, I listen to them. It's I'll always great to hear from the fans, so we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Oh, yes. yes. Please send autographs. <laughs> and is there is there anything you want to plug at the end here? Anything I want to plug? Um, Join the pool if mm-hmm. you're single. Definitely dive in before everything changes. It's about to get more expensive. It's like basically free right now. So like join the pool. If you are a man and you are listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, I don't know. The answer is yes, you should join. Um, mm, except and if you're that cannibal you, clown. Yeah, except if you, cannibal clown, yeah, no if you're cannibals. listening to this, you are not welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're closed out of the clown operation. Um, if you need dating advice, DM me, message me, join the pool. Let me know. I mm-hmm. would love to redo your profile. If you're a man who has a picture of a fish. Talk to me. I can help. Nice. I can make it better. Give your apps um, if you want to. Where can, where can they yeah. find you? Um, let's see. At live the dream is my main Instagram. Live mm-hmm. live dot the dream. Um, some mm-hmm. people will call me live the dream just in regular life, which I'm like not opposed to. <laughs> so at live the dream on Instagram, live the dream dot com, lives and at lives love pool also on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And you can find links to all those in the show notes there. Um, thanks a ton for talking to us, Olivia. This is this has been yeah. awesome. Yeah, Thank you guys. On. This is such a blast. Um, and have fantastic rest of your whatever day it is, Wednesday. Thank you. Olivia Atwood, everybody. Thanks again for listening to another episode of After School Program. You can follow Olivia on social media and join Liv's Love Pool through the links in the show notes. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at ASPPOD. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps to grow and bring in new listeners. Thanks for listening and see you next week.